Rescue the Fosters is about changing the foster system. We want to ensure every child has a safe environment to grow and become healthy, successful adults. Additionally, when I was in the foster care system, I had to defend for myself. Rescue the Foster is here to empower the youth aging out of the system and offer resources to ensure they are not dependent on the government. What we observed was that children become institutionalized and end up in prison and providing the government with more funds. Rescue the Foster will provide coaching, resume writing, interview skills, professional attire for interviews, budgeting, applying for college, and obtaining housing. We want these youth to live the most free and successful life possible. It is their right and our responsibility to ensure that our future kids and grandchildren can live happy lives. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans that prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Good evening and welcome to Rescue the Fosters. I am Gino, your host, and sitting next to me, as always, the co-founder of Rescue the Founders and co-host of Rescue the Fosters. Did I say Rescue the Founders? Rescue the Fosters. <laughs> Danielle Holm. Danielle, how are you? How are you today? Good, Gino. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really tired, and I was just telling you guys before. I, I have been working like crazy, and I just got home a little while ago, rushed, had to do homework with my son, and got dinner. So yeah, it's been kind of crazy the last few minutes here. But anyway, another great show on Rescue the Fosters. Danielle, can you go ahead and please introduce our guest tonight? Yes, I would love to. We're so excited. We have Ruben Delarua. He's a lifetime or lifetime, pretty much, but lifelong dedicated law enforcement officer with a combined 40 years of experience. And after serving the Marion County Sheriff's Office for 26 years, he retired as commander. And then in 2013, he returned home to Miami and to the city of Miami Police Department, where he currently works. And he is in the process right now of running for sheriff of Miami-Dade County. And we're so excited and so honored to have you on. How are you doing, Ruman? Fine, fine, fine. Both <laughs> of you, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, and it's a, a great uh, Tuesday to start off. It is. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. We are excited to have you, just as Daniel had stated. Um, you know, Ruman, we talked a little bit pre-show about this, and we have a we have a crisis here in America. Sheriffs are not upholding their office, not upholding the Constitution. Um, they're they were supposed to be put in place to protect and serve their communities. And that just doesn't seem to be the case in most counties in this country right now. And I know you're down there in Miami-Dade. And Miami, boy, there's a lot of corruption down in Miami. So I'm sure you're you're up against it. Of course, there's corruption pretty much everywhere right now throughout the states. But uh, we, we mentioned before also that we're friends with Christy Tasker. And she was running for the um, commissioner down there in Miami. But... Uh, didn't win, came close, but uh, we'll, she'll give, I'm sure she'll give it another shot here in a couple of years. But, Ruman, we are excited to have you. Um, let's just start at the beginning. So let's go through your career a little bit just so the audience can get a feel for who Ruman is, and we'll just go from there. All right. Sounds, uh, sounds like a, a doable thing we could do here today. Um, first, let me give the glory to God before we start the show. Um, you know, I started 
back when I was 19, in 1978 as an explorer. And it, the reason I bring it, and I think it's so important to bring up, is that that was the foundation of law enforcement for me and gave me an insight on, you know, the how to treat the community and the citizens as a child, you know, I was 14 years old. You know, I moved forward uh, a few years later, 1982, I, I was after graduation from my high school, Hialeah Miami Lakes, uh, city of Miami hired me in 1982 as a public service aide, again, you know, working in the young uh, city of Miami, and again, working with the community, the citizens. And in 1984, I ended up getting promoted to a police officer uh, where I started my full-time law enforcement as a policeman career until 1987 with the city of Miami. And then as Danielle said that, you know, I, I moved to uh, Marion County in 1987 where I did uh, 26 years. I retired as a commander. I worked several divisions and I wanted to come back home. So in 2013, I got rehired with the city of Miami where I'm currently working. You know, I heard I hold uh, all high liabilities that the Florida Department of Law Enforcement can give a, an officer on all the uh, areas of uh, liability, which are firearms, driving, DTAC, uh, canine, uh, which is means a lot in order to run a sheriff's office, along with I was the president of the Fraternal Order of Police, which also gives me a, a more insight on dealing with the unions that we have here and you know I've, I've obtained my bachelor's from St. Leo University and my command school from St. Leo University so I got everything I need to move forward and I'm the only candidate right now that's had sheriff's office experience none of the uh, other candidates uh, have any sheriff's office experience other than working for the Miami-Dade Police Department uh, today or they had retired Ruman, I don't know if you know your video went out, so we're just seeing a picture of you. There you go. Excellent. Oh, All right. keep, <laughs> keep, now it went back. <laughs> there we go. Excellent. So how many uh, how many candidates are running right now currently against Presently, you? there's 14. Wow, okay. Uh, three Democrats and I believe uh, 11 uh, Republicans. Okay. And, well, when we say, oh, boy. When we say Republicans, are they true conservative Republicans or are we talking like rhinos? Well, I believe they're rhinos, but I'll let okay. them, you know, I'll let your, you, you know, see for yourself. And the reason I tell you is because, you know, I believe in, you know, uh, faith, family and the Constitution. Absolutely. That's one of my platforms. And I'm 100 percent conservative Republican, not saying that I'm not working well with Democrats or any other uh, party, but uh, which I do, you know, I'll work well with everybody, but. My main concern is, you know, the quality of life uh, for our citizens. And, and today's society is backing up the deputies that put their lives on the line for us and not, uh, are not able to perform to their fullest um, because of the, the management and the politics that, that play in this uh, arena. What kind of feedback are you getting from the citizens there in Miami? Are they... Are they pretty are they responding to your message or i mean because i'm i don't know i haven't been to miami gosh three four years ago i went down there and i'm not even sure is it a liberal city conservative city it's majority liberal okay um obviously it turned uh when uh, desantis came down here and uh, trump came down here 
but normally it's a, a democratic county and things are changing, you know, not only because of Miami-Dade County, but also the whole nation. You know, everybody talks to about the same, you know, I've talked to lead, uh, uh, community leaders, citizens, even employ, you know, people that work and they're all saying the same thing. The quality of life is horrible here. You know, the criminals are, are taking over and, you know, the police have their uh, hands handcuffed. They can't do their job, you know, and that's the biggest uh, concern that Miami-Dade County residents have. And I, and I know for sure that I can tackle it um, moving forward to the new Miami-Dade County Sheriff's Office in 2025. It's funny because, you know, in, in 1966, they abolished the sheriff's office here in Miami, in my, at that time it was Dade County because they were saying the, the corruption uh, that they had, you know, the sheriff and whoever else was corrupted. So they went into a home rule government uh, to deal away with it and gave the powers to the mayor. But today, you know, you move forward now and, and this it's the same corruption. You know, the, the in 2018, the Florida voters voted on every county in Florida having a sheriff. And it passed, you know, statewide. Well, when it came to Miami-Dade County, the powers to be, the political entities that are in office now, they said, oh, no, we can't have that. The sheriff is just going to have a piece of the pie, which would be like the court services. Well, I'm a member of the Florida Sheriff's Association, and it's a powerful organization with uh, all the sheriffs uh, in, in Florida, 67 sheriffs. Um, they said, no, we, the sheriff is the the executive administrator of law enforcement in that county. So they sued and we lost. Uh, a judge determined that the, the, the county had the right and then whoever took place in 2025 would be the person suing the county for their rights. So the Florida Sheriff's Association got with some uh, state representatives through the uh, legislation and they ended up passing a bill that Governor DeSantis signed in uh, 2022, like in May, saying that no, that every county in Florida will have a sheriff and that person will be the chief executive administrator of law enforcement. And uh, we had already filed prior to that in, uh, because of the 2018 vote, once the governor signed, and then that's how you got these opponents that are have decided now that they wanna run for office. I've never wavered. I know what the Miami-Dade County citizens need. I know I'm the only person that can facilitate that. And that's why we're moving forward. Excellent. Uh, Danielle, it looked like you wanted to say something. Well, I'm just sitting here thinking about all the conversations I've had with different police officers over the last, especially seven years because of different situations with family court things. And as you know, um, this is Rescue the Fosters. So I'm wondering your opinion on how family court is running as as you're running for sheriff, because I know that there's a lot of involvement with police and things like that. So I'm just wondering your opinion on that. Sure. The courts, the children courts here in Miami-Dade County, pretty much we have pretty good uh, judges that and the state attorney uh, that, that fall good on doing that. What what I, I disagree with is some of the outcomes do not meet the requirements that I would say for them to be removing a child and, and, and turning them over to uh, the um, Children Protection Services. 
And that's the issue I, I have when it comes to uh, anybody taking a child away from a parent. Uh, they, they'd have to really, really make sure that, you know, that the probable cause is there because that's, you know, life changing, not only for the child, but for the parents. And they, they do a lot. I think a lot more get taken away from their parents than need to. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely 100% on board. You know, I, I was a commander in charge of the uh, C, uh, Families Children's Services for our unit. And I saw all the cases that the detective was working. And there were some that are very, are very questionable. You know, we need to work with our partners at the state level, uh, federal level, and also the local level to make sure that we're all on the same page. And sometimes we're not. And that's it. Yeah, I totally agree. And I thank you for saying all that. What we we are trying to do at Rescue the Fosters is just educate people on what is really going on, but also we want to put changes into place. And we want to be able to actually like help police as much as possible to be able to make correct decisions when it comes to the removal of children. Because a lot of times the police are just doing their job. And what people don't understand is that they are, a lot of things are compartmentalized where police don't necessarily know sometimes what's going on with the parents and everybody's kind of lied to. So we kind of need, like you were saying, it is a completely broken system and we need education in place. We need um, different policies in place. We, we need people to be able to follow policies correctly. It's just, I don't know, like we really need major, major change in so many different areas of the system. And so that's why we're all trying to come together to make that happen. Um, our organization and then guys like you that are willing to step up and do it. Women like Christy Tasker, who we all love, who are willing to step up and do it. We just need to all come together. So No, I agree. And, and thank you for, you know, having Rescue the Fosters uh, because that's another tool that I want to use uh, once we get reformed because there's a Florida Sheriff's Association has a youth ranch that is mostly up in the north end of the of state of Florida. I want to bring that down where it also fosters children that are in trouble, that are coming from troubled homes and it is governed by, by the Sheriff's Office where we can keep an eye, a closer eye on how we do our practices and moving forward. And knowing that we together collectively, we have these two programs coming to Miami-Dade County. I think we're winning uh, yeah. already. I love you know, that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Ruman, we had uh, Sheriff Mack on about a year ago, and he's the head of the uh, Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. And I asked him the question. I, he was in charge of, I think it was 11 elementary schools uh, in a district. And, you know, they were looking for abuse and things like that with children. And this is prior to 96 or 97, before ASPA was passed, the American Safe Families Act. And I asked him, I says, you know, during your time there, your tenure, I think it was, gosh, I think it was nine years. I said, how many children were actually removed from homes? And he says, I can count on one hand over an 11 year period, I think it was. And he says, yeah, and they were, you know, it was obvious abuse. There was things going on. The child needed to be removed. Uh, or parents were drug addicted, weren't, you know, they were, weren't taking care of their child. But he said the overwhelming majority was if there was something going on, the one of the parents was removed for a crime. 
And I said, okay, well, yeah, that's just common sense. I mean, like, I don't, I don't, it's not very complicated, this, this thing we're talking about here. And so he said, but after 97, after that act was passed, and then everything was incentivized for the system, all of a sudden it went through the roof. Gradually over the next couple of years, it just started going through the roof. And he says, we would accompany CPS officers or CPS uh, uh, people at the door and all of a sudden we're removing children and watching them cry and kick and scream and the parents are you know bawling their eyes out and trying to grab the child back of course they would and he said it just from that point forward everything went downhill and it's our contention here at rescue the fosters that this incentivized system title e uh, title four uh, e funding is what's fueling this system and keeps this fire stoked and it's it's an unprecedented rate of children being stolen from the homes. Um, and I don't know how aware you are of Title IV funding. You probably don't really run across that too often in your daily duties as a police officer. But it might be something to look into and see why this is actually happening. He also said that he was with CPS social workers because they needed protection. So the police were pre protecting the social workers, but were not protecting the families after that. That's terrifying to me as a you know United States citizen. Sure, and we're still having that, and and I think it has to start with, you know, the the, the children go to school. I think the school has a a bigger burden to to make sure that our children are protected, and there's protocols in place that I believe that some of the teachers are not aware of on how to deal with situations. That way, we can curb, you know, the the illegal taking of the children from a, from a home without knowing all the facts. So I think collectively getting with the school board and coming up with another program or reform that is gonna better, uh, even with the title uh, that uh, Sheriff Mack was talking about, I think it would help a lot. And then, you know, us as the law enforcement community, we have to be trained you know, on a regular basis, because laws come up all the time where, you know, we know what we're saying and we know what we're doing, because once we enter the the, house, the home, whether we're protecting, you know, uh, family children's services uh, investigator to do their job, they may not have all the details, the right um, information. So that way, collectively, before we make a, a judgment call, not only do they need, you know, to maybe form a committee where they come to us and we work together along with, you know, rescue the fosters, um, lay everything on the, on the, on the table and then move forward. So out of 20 cases that we may review, maybe there is one that, Hey, listen, in the best interest of the child, he's, he or she's going to have to be removed is, is the way I, I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. I should make that clear here at rescue the fosters we are not against children being removed if they absolutely 100 percent need to be removed of course if they're in a dangerous situation obviously the child needs to be removed um, and you know temporarily hopefully and maybe placed with a family member or something but what we've seen is it's just this ridiculous amount of families being torn apart for absolutely no reason and most of the time there's no crime against the parent uh, not even a misdemeanor. I mean, it, it's like that you can't find a crime. So they're just saying, well, we think the child needs to be removed for, and they'll give a list of, you know, 
the mental health. Uh, <laughs> there's a list. There's like a playbook they go through all the time. And and that could be the case, but that's not what we're seeing. And so that's what we're hoping uh, as far as reform goes. We do know that Florida is, boy, I hate to say it, but Florida's at the top of the list for child removal. And, you know, Governor DeSantis, for as many things as he has done well, he has not, in our opinion, he has not protected children uh, and families. And even some of the um, laws that he's put in place and some of the funding is actually fueling this at a record pace, to be honest. It's it's a little scary. No, I, I agree. I agree. And I, I, I need to put my thumb on it and make sure that we move forward, you know, not only saving the Miami-Dade County children, but hopefully it'll go nationwide where everybody can see how we're doing it. Because I agree, you know, with the uh, family of children's services, you know, they don't make the right decisions sometimes and it'll cost somebody's life. And, uh, and, you know, and we don't want that. We want to stop that. And also there's all a foster, uh, which they should know that there's a foster uh, family that's only in it for the money. They're not taking care of, of the children. So there's a lot of components, you know, in, in, in working, I think forward to, to make Miami-Dade County a better place where we can at least show the whole nation that when it comes to removing children out of this county, they're going to have to go through me or at least through a unit, that a committee that I form uh, to make the right uh, decision. Oh, yeah. That's actually yeah. 100% what I envision and what I have been envisioning. Um, I So rescue the fosters, we want to really be able to educate people. And we see ourselves inside of police departments and sheriff's departments and inside of CPS offices, actually, like training people. Like we actually see ourselves being able to do that. And because a lot of times we find that the social workers don't even know the law. They don't even know what they're doing. And we have been trying to educate social workers. And then when they start realizing, wow, I'm actually trafficking these children. They go into fear and but a lot of them aren't you know they're in so much fear that they're afraid to come out and speak out about it so it's just it we really have to figure out how to make this change and i would love if you had a committee that we could be a part of because we can definitely start the change in florida and i've seen i have envisioned that where i think that a huge change would happen in florida and it would ripple across the country i completely I, see that i i agree i mean to be stakeholders like I told you at the beginning, you know, with the Floor Shares Association, you know, to have a committee like yours, you have to have it. You you just can't depend on what what they did in the past. We have to think outside. You know, we're visionaries, transformational, you know, person that I believe thinking outside the box will get us moving forward in the 21, 21st century that we need to. And I think, you know, between the children's family services and, you know, human trafficking, especially our children, you know, that that's a big epidemic. And I'm 100% on board of um, making a committee. So everybody will be on the same page. And, uh, you know, we can start something big. That's what we really want to hear. <laughs> we need to hear that from every sheriff in this country. To they're, they're supposed to serve and protect. And I, I just feel like um, that's, that's been lost at some point. And I don't know, well, I kind of do know why it's happening. A lot of these sheriffs have been paid off. A lot of departments have been paid off, bought off with bribes, to be quite honest. And um, a lot of, even some of the pensions for some of the sheriffs and especially judges are through 
this Title IV funding and all this money that's coming in these back doors that, that taxpayers have no idea about. If taxpayers knew what their money was going for, they would end this nonsense overnight. But it's just, there's no awareness right now. And, and not to harp on this room, and I know we're, we want to hear more about what you're you know, going to do to protect Miami citizens and all that. And, uh, but for us, because obviously this is what this show is, is about, it's very important to both of us and also Sylvia, who's probably watching right now, and other people that uh, we work with, because we've seen so much corruption and so many good families torn apart. In fact, one of our friends, Chris, in the chat right now, he's he had his family torn apart in Massachusetts. He, and they banned him from Massachusetts, and he doesn't even have anything against him. Nothing. No crimes, no nothing. And they even put a tether on him, you know, an ankle bracelet, to keep him out of the state. And he's done nothing wrong. Um, and that's what we're seeing on a, on a large scale. And it's if it was just one or two oddball cases, you'd say, okay, well, this, you know, it's a small problem. We can correct it. It's our opinion that it can't be even corrected at this point. It's so corrupt by the by the billions and billions of dollars that's funding it. It's become this monster. And I agree. I mean, last uh, what was it? Last week we had uh, Ms. Bruner on your show, and you know I was amazed of what she went through. Um, and that was just one person that I met. You know, I've known you know in my forty years of working as a law enforcement officer, I've seen horror stories. And it just didn't come close to home until I, I you know, I saw your podcast with uh, Ms. Bruner that, you know, that, that we have to put a stop to this. Yeah, it is. It's got to end. Okay, so let's let's move on here. So we're excited to have you on, Ruben. This is really good to hear. Anybody that's going to stand up for the Constitution is a good thing in my book. Um, and, and actually means it. Actually means it. You know, I know you see, you seem like a pretty stand-up guy, and you're actually going to get in office, and you're going to do what you're saying you're doing. You're, what you're going to do, what you're saying right now in the show. I know we can, like, we can trust you on that. Unlike politicians who say one thing and then speak out of both sides of their mouth, and we know how that works. Um, so, so okay, so Miami in particular, I know there is trafficking problems down there. You got some cartel coming in and out, uh, a lot of drug trafficking. Um, how do you solve those problems? I mean, I know it's it's hard in Florida because of the water. Obviously, you're a peninsula. There's there's tons of water, lots of ways to get. Um, drugs into the into the city even children uh so how do you solve those problems those are the big ones i think for uh, i i know there's there's other crimes that need to be addressed obviously street crimes and things like that but but the bigger crimes first well I, to tell you the truth a lot of people don't know this and i, I may tell uh, i may open up uh something you don't know is that fraud is the number one crime that is eating america up yeah, you know, a lot of people think it's drugs, and especially you know Miami, you know the drug capital. You know, back in the day we were uh, cowboy, uh, cocaine cowboys, but really fraud is the number number one crime that I want to focus on um, for sure because a lot of victims, elderly, between the elderly, the young, uh, the newcomers, everybody's taking a a hit, and you know once it hits your pocket, it hits everybody. You know with drugs. You know, there's certain people that will buy it, sell it, or use it. So, but with the drug epidemic, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, task force that are here in the county. You know, of course, I'm going to have to audit what they have now and refine it and make sure that we move forward on, you know, getting street uh, drugs off the street and making sure that uh, we put the bad guys in jail 
uh, for the community. Well, oftentimes fraud just opens the door to every other crime. So I agree, fraud is kind of at the the epitome of all of it because it leads to everything else. So it, it does, it does, and I've noticed that uh, a lot of people think it's you know drugs or or you know robberies. You know, fraud is is off the chain. You know, between mm -hmm. taking you know <clears throat> excuse me the simple fact of <clears throat> taking uh, somebody's identity. One person, you know, we have 2.7 uh, million people in, in Miami-Dade County, so uh, it, it is crazy. But uh, I want to put a, a committee together and uh, see where we're at with fraud and also with the uh, drug trade here. You know, there's practices that they're doing that I, I don't like. You know, we're getting policemen shot when they're doing uh, covert uh, operations now, and I got to curb that for their safety and for the citizens' safety. You, you had mentioned earlier, I, I don't remember if this was pre-show or after we got started, but you said that a lot of bad guys just get let go. They're not going to prison. They're not serving sentences. What's the reasoning behind that? What is, what's going on? Is it something, I know this isn't just innate to your part of the country because this has been going on in a lot of major cities where the bad guys just seem to get off. And then the guy that, you know, has a speeding ticket goes to jail for three days or something like it, it doesn't, there's no rhyme or reason to what's going on in the jail. There you're, and you're correct. There isn't, there's, you know, it, it starts with the, with the law enforcement, you know, the deputies, we, they go out there, they do their jobs. They have probable cause. They make the arrest, write the report and, you know, take the bad guy to, to jail. You know, it's, it's after the fact, you know, remember it goes to the state attorney's office. And, you know, and then they get the public defender. So somewhere in there, there's a, you know, communication that there's certain people that are being let go on a recent uh, basis. And even though they know that, hey, this guy has been committing crime forever. And like you said, Gino, is that the poor, you know, person that gets arrested for shoplifting, you know, stays in jail for a year. So, you know, I know there's an issue and I know talking and uh, trying to uh, communicate with the state attorney, the public defender, uh, the chief judge, so we can uh, see how I can move, you know, coming forward and coming into the sheriff's office, we can make it better. And, I, you know, I want to make it like, you know, Danielle said, you know, I, I, I would love for, for, for Miami-Dade County Sheriff's Office to start new programs where the nation can focus and now uh, you know, uh, move forward on them. And, you know, that's one of the, you know, the justice system is not fair and we just got to keep those bad guys in jail and, you know, and, and help the, the, the quality of life for our citizens to live better. I have a feeling in a County run by this sheriff, there wouldn't be any of those peaceful, what do they call them? Peaceful protests <laughs> going on. <down> there. <laughs> <laughs> Remember no, those? Yeah. Uh, I believe, uh, yeah. yes, I was involved in uh, plenty of those, mm -hmm. um, which hopefully, you know, it'll stop because people need to know that this is not the county to do stuff like that. This is the county that we protect our, our citizens, our visitors, and our law enforcement. So I'm sure you have a punch list put together of things that you need to address in order. Obviously, if you said fraud was at the top of that list, what, what are some of those other items? Well, the uh, community policing system, you know, I want to change the name because in 40 years, it's been called the community policing and hasn't been 
uh, used correctly. You know, they keep, it's sort of like they keep putting a bandaid on it. So I got to come up with a different name, a different way of dealing with it right off the bat. And, you know, you know, we're all all over the country now, but most departments here locally, you know, don't socialize too much with the community. I want the person that works the, the district to actually get out and get to meet the people that live in the homes and not just respond to a call, take care of it, and then they're gone. A lot of them, you know, have, uh, you know, beards now that I feel, you know, kind of uh, disengages people talking to them. So, you know, between that, the, all the tattoos, you know, they got window tints that you can't even see in the car of who the policeman is. So how can I stop you, you know, me being the sheriff and say, hey, Daniela, you know, tell me about, you know, officer so-and-so that works your beat. And you're going to say, Ruman or sheriff? I can't tell you, you know, they're, they they have a big, a big beard, they have tattoos and they have window tints that I can't approach them. I want to make the community aspect approachable, the police approachable um, by the citizens and have the, uh, the citizens approach the police. So that's uh, one of the things, you know, the, the traffic laws here are horrendous. You know, we're getting so many people from other countries that are not adhering to the state law uh, driving laws that we need to put more focus on that uh, versus some of the other programs that they may have here at the, at the local police department that I'm going to have to review and, and see what we have. And then the other one is, is greatly as I, I have to give the tools to the deputies in order for them to do their job. There's no reason why I'm sitting in the office and not uh, backing them when they are out in the street dealing with, you know, criminals or, you know, citizens. I need to be backing them up. I need to give them the right tools, the right training in order for them to perform their job so they can protect us and go home safely to their family. It's all common sense. It used to be this way. You know, Ruben, here's the other thing. You were mentioned community. There used to be a mutual respect between citizens and their police departments and the same vice versa, right? The police departments and the citizens. Um, I remember as a kid, you know, or even even as a young man going into like, you know, a, a restaurant and someone would buy the police their dinner or buy them a drink or, you know, whatever. And it was there was this mutual respect. And it just seems like the narrative that they've pushed out, especially in the political realms, is that it's a divided system. The police are bad. They're coming after you, you know, and, and then they, they've struck fear in the people's hearts and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we need to fear the police. Now, in some respects, we do need to fear the police. Like we had mentioned with children earlier, that if the children are backing up criminals, we have a problem with that. So should they be police officers? Probably not. They're criminals. Um, but we're talking about the good guys right now. We're talking about guys that are, are putting their lives out on the line they don't know if they're coming home to their wife and children that night, um, especially in a, in a city like Miami or even here in Detroit or Chicago, one of the bigger cities. It's a rough job. I have a lot of friends that are retired cops now, some that are still on the beat. And it's it's rough. It's a rough, you know, 25 years some of them have served. Um, but they were good cops. They did the right thing. And how do you how do you get that back into the community? I know you'd mentioned a couple things there. Like, how do you build that trust back up between the citizens and the police department and say, hey, we're all working together. We need your help. It's by bridging, bridging the gap, bridging the gap with them. You know, they, they need to, we need to work together um, with, with, 
with the public and the officers. What happens now is that the policemen are scared to to re, uh, to to do proactive work because they don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to get relieved of duty. They don't want to lose their family or their job. And what happens is the, the, the administrations of law enforcement are not backing the policemen's up on, you know, it used to be a point where, you know, we have policies in place that when you violate them, we as the administrators have the opportunity to correct your measures, you know, remedial and make you better. Now it seems like, you know, you do something not to the opinion eye or to the liking of the, of the public, and then they want to remove that policeman. We don't recycle them and help them out anymore. So everybody's scared. And we just got, I just got to bring everybody together and make sure that, listen, you're being protected. You do the right thing. We're going to go all the way with you. You know, I can't control those that are, you know, think outside the box at a policy or the law. It is what it is. But those that stay on fat, uh, on course and do the right things, you know, they have my backing 100%. You know, we can't have uh, law enforcement sheriffs or, or chiefs, you know, bending a knee to the community, you know, when when the community doesn't like something that was done to them. You know, that's not our job. Our job is to stay in strong, stand on two, two legs, you know, have our faith, have our family and a constitutional moving forward. You know, there's a thing that I have, it's called the upside down triangle. And if you look around, not only, you know, Miami-Dade County, but nationwide, you know, you'll look at, at the top of the, the triangle, who's normally there is the, the sheriff or the chief. And then as you go down, you'll have your administration, then your middle management, then your sergeants and then deputies and then the citizens. So what did I just tell you? That basically the citizens are low man total pole. I want to reverse that and make it an upside down triangle where I'm putting the citizens first and every, and then I'll be the last one to, uh, to the uh, pyramid, which will make the citizens feel better. Like we got to put them first, you know, right now, nobody has time to talk, to sit down, to have a coffee. Um, I want to bring all that back. That's a great idea. That Oh, go ahead, Daniel. Well, it was a perfect segue was... for what I was thinking. So go ahead. Yep. Oh, you can go ahead. Well, real quick. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, I, it's so funny you brought that up because I was thinking that's what's been lost. There is no communication between the citizens and the police department. Um, I was thinking like quarterly town halls or something like that, where you get together at, you know, I don't know, somewhere, um, and the citizens get to come out, question the sheriff, question some of the police officers, lieutenants, um, and ask, you know, hey, this is what we've got going on in our neighborhoods. Is there any way to address this? What can we do to help the citizens? And the police are offering their help also. And it's this mutual, a mutually beneficial relationship, uh, not these, this strained relationship. I agree, but go further, you know, again, you know, they, they're all doing that, you know, they have community meetings now and you come to the community and then people speak out and then you get the, oh, well, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to have this, but why don't we go to the community? Let's us, you know, just go to a corner, you know, I'll just, you know, a, a street corner here in Miami-Dade County and set where everybody comes from that community, their home, they're normally out on the street. They can, I, I, I'll facilitate us coming to them, like you said, and having per se town hall meetings, but right there in your community, when you see a whole bunch of police cars just sitting around, you know that people are gonna wanna come and talk. And that, I think that is a key element to bringing the police and the community together is show them that, hey, 
we'll come to you. I'll knock on your door and ask, hey, Mrs. So-and-so, how are you doing? Is there anything I can help you with? Um, you know, to, to, to know something before it happens. That's what I want to do. I want to know if you're working in a beat, I think you should know everybody that's in there. What issues we have? Do we have somebody with mental illness that we're going to have to deal with in the future? You know, we already have a nip in the butt other than instead of waiting until they call and then, oh my God, I didn't know we had this in the community. I want them to go out there, put more boots on the ground, knock on doors friendly and not always knock on doors when they're going to make an arrest. You know, that's just uh, something that we need to, to move forward with. What I see um, because of my own life experiences in the last seven years where I have been a victim against or a victim of severe fraud, mistaken identity, child kidnapping, all the things you can think of. Um, I have spoken to so many police officers trying to figure out this exact thing we're talking about right now. How can we, from my side though, so on my side as a citizen, how can I get the police officers to understand that people like me are not bad? I like somebody like me with an education, never had a crime done in my life, have never been in trouble. Um, I've never done a drug in my life. I drink a little bit of alcohol once in a while. I mean, literally, if these crazy things can happen to me, it can happen to anyone. And for so long, the false accusations against me and my family were so preposterous. The police officers were believing them. And, and if it can happen to me, like I said, it can happen to others. And what I started to recognize is the divide and conquer coming from the top down. So the powers to be creating division between the police and the people. And we down here not realizing that we have to bridge the gap by coming together and educating each other. The people have to be educated on the, the police departments and the police departments have to be educated on the community and leave the big guys out of it somehow. So I absolutely love that you say that you are the people's sheriff, not the politician's police, because that is so key to changing everything for the better, because we have to come together as people and step away from these big politicians that are trying to divide all of us, because it's costing all of our lives. It is. And, and and what I see is, you know, it's about the campaign, about who's got the bigger campaign funds, yeah. you know, and, you know, my, my campaign, you know, we're a, a grassroots uh, campaign that I'm running and, you know, the money will be good and the donations will be good for me, but I don't have those big backers, like you're saying, the big company people that are backing and that you're going to owe somebody big. I'd rather get a dollar, $10 from from somebody and have the citizen be a stakeholder of this community to their new sheriff's office and and know that you know I report to the people. I don't report to the politicians. That's that's who I need to talk to and that's who I need to have an open door policy with. Hmm. Amen to that. One more thing here. Uh so this is a big one for me personally and I'm sure this is going to resonate with Daniel also. We have so many corrupt DAs in America right now. DAs that have been literally planted. Uh, and Khaleesi2020 in the chat said George Soros. Um, they're, these people have literally been implanted into our systems of justice and law enforcement. 
and they're not upholding any laws. They're bought it, bought and paid for. I don't know what the answer to this is because I think in ever is it all fifty states are elected positions or not? Or are they appointed? I can't remember. I think they're appointed. Um, how do you fix that? If the if people are just criminals and they're committing crimes, why doesn't the sheriff go in and arrest the DA who's committing? I mean, atrocious crimes. I, I can tell you right here in Michigan. Oh man, we have. We have tons of DAs that are very, very corrupt. Well, you know, the sheriffs of each county, you know, they're the chief executive administrator of law. You know, they're pretty much the only ones that can actually arrest the judge. And I can tell you that, uh, at least in the state of Florida, with uh, Governor DeSantis, you know, he has been pushing uh, the DA, the we call them state attorney's office here in Florida. You know, if, they're, if he sees, you know, a normal of practice that uh, they're they're not adhering to the to to the law and the criminals, uh, he has actually um, suspended them and removed them from office. You know, and of course they go through the court system to try to get their job back. And I can tell you that you know I would definitely be working closely with the state attorney's office, the public defenders, so we don't have that. So we we'll all be on the same page of where I stand, where they stand, and moving forward. And, you know, if there's a violation and if it's under my uh, constitution to make an arrest, I, I'll make the arrest. Yeah, that's good to hear because, boy, I I got to tell you, <laughs> Chicago is one of those places where, my gosh, that DA was just getting away with everything. And it, it's murder, literally murder. And they these people just get away with it day after day. And the, the poor citizens, I mean, I think citizens feel like their hands are tied. They're handcuffed. And they just feel like, what am I going to do? I can't do anything. They put these people in and I, we can go to the elections, you know, like, I don't know, are the elections fair? Are they fraud? I mean, we all know they're, they're fixed, most of them. Um, <laughs> so like, how do we even fix that if, if everything's rigged against the U.S. citizen right now? You know, and obviously we're talking about Miami, but I mean, this is nationally, this is a crisis. How do we well, fix things? I, I think nationally, if we stay true to what our forefathers wrote, and I think everybody would know as the United States Constitution, it says, we the people. You know, people forget that they are the power, they have the power and not the politicians. For some reason, like you said, you know, is that we, the citizens have dropped, I guess, their guard on, you know, letting the politicians run the gov governments. But if we can stand together and educate the public that they have the, the power, we have the power, we stand together. If every, if 2.7, at least in Miami-Dade County, if 2.7 uh, million uh, citizens vote for me and not give me a dime, that goes to show the politicians that listen, it's not the money, it's the people that got you in. So if we stand you know, strong with the United States Constitution and you know, here in Florida, the, the the Florida Constitution, we the people, I think that's what we need to educate. Listen, we, we need to stay together. So how do you get that message out to those 2.7 million there in Miami-Dade? I mean, to get out, and this is so important, you have to vote because it just, boy, I don't know, Ruman, it's people have gotten so lazy and just sick of the corruption. So they said, well, my vote doesn't mean anything. I'm just going to sit home and do nothing. I mean, that's obviously the worst thing you can do. Complacency isn't going to solve the issue. Um, we have to we have to get up off our butts 
We have to get down there and do our jobs. And hey, if you have to, if you have to watch, if you have to stand around and watch and make sure things are on the level, you have that right as a U.S. citizen to do that. Um, but I mean, how are you personally going to convince the citizens in your, in your jurisdiction to say, hey, I need you to vote. You got to get out and vote, even if it's not for me. You need to get out and vote. You know, just stay true to my heart. You know, I, I, I speak the truth. You know, I'm very transparent. You know, uh, uh, my my message is, is that you have to do your part. And I'm holding the citizens accountable to move up and not let the money or the politicians run their government. So as, you know, more people that I get on board on our, on our campaign to spread the word, the spread, the word's going to be the same, is that we, the people, need to stay together and we need to stand strong. We need to come out and vote. And, you know, especially we need to reach out the, the young population, you know, those that are becoming of age that are, can vote. You know, we need to, get, to reach out to those people and assist them on making the right choice and, and going out and voting. Voting is the number one, you know, with Christy Tasker's uh, campaign, it was pretty sad. One, that she didn't win, you know, my heart was broken. But two is that I think, it was like a 12% turnout, you know, and it was the city of Miami. That's, it's ridiculous. So. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. It was like a 12.6% turnout for the whole city or the whole Unreal. district. So, well, wow. Yeah. The whole city. Cause it was all the districts. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it was one, two, maybe there was two, two districts that were running. There were three. So districts one, two, and three, I'm pretty sure. But that's, you know, that's ridiculous. And then there's people yeah. that don't come out and vote and, and, you know, and then you stay holding the bag. So it's, it's not all about who has the most money. It's about who gets their word out and the people actually get educated by, by those words. Yeah. Well, I can say that we back you a hundred percent and we are so looking forward to you being the sheriff of, of the nation, because as soon as you get into office, we're going to change everything. And so I'm excited for it. Well, amen, <laughs> man. You know, thank you. And I, and I do tell you that I really appreciate you, Gino, Daniela, uh, for giving me the, the opportunity with this, because this means a lot to me. And, uh, and I, I believe that uh, together we can work together, Daniela. Yes, I can't wait. I'm excited. <laughs> Ruben, are you going to be like just door knocking? How does this work? I mean, campaigns, <laughs> it, it, that's a whole different animal. I mean, and well, I know it, it probably varies state to state or even district to district, but um, it does seem like if only 12% showed up to vote last time, I don't know how you fix that. I mean, it seems like you just say, got to go door to door and say, hey, you're, you're, this county depends on you voting. Well, right? that's... You know, that was in the city. You know, the city has a smaller population than the county. But just to give you an idea of what you said, that people are not coming out and voting, is is that, you know, I've been I've been knocking on doors. At, like I told you, we started a year ago, and I've been knocking on, on doors. Uh, on September 9th of this year, I was uh, headed to an escort. I'm a motorcycle policeman, and I, uh, I got hit by a, a car that was changing lanes and took me out. You know, I broke my leg, my knee, my tibia, my foot, my two hands. So I, I, I can't do door knocking right now. But uh, that is one of the, the, the rules that I'm, I'm, you know, I have to come out there. I, I'm, I don't want, you know, I don't have the most money, you know, which I'm hoping to get, you know, somebody to, to help, you know, fund, fund the campaign. But till then, 
myself and my team, we have been out there sweating uh, and, and using, you know, the right, our, our money correctly and not overspending, which I mean, being a, a great steward of money, especially when you have like a hundred, a $900 million budget and the citizens, you know, coming from their citizens, I have to do the right thing. So right now we are going, getting back to door knocking and doing the, 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 the stuff that we need to at, at, at my level. That's great. You know, another thought occurred to me, accountability and oversight are two things that are lacking everywhere right now, especially in our family court systems. Uh, but what do you think your police department needs as far as oversight and accountability? Is, is there already something in place or do you think something needs to be added? Well, it's, it's funny, Gino, that, that they're actually this, this, Florida Department of Law Enforcement is the head law enforcement of the state of Florida. They, they actually work under the governor's office. And right now they had taken away a while, a year's back that any uh, officers involved shooting that the Florida Department of Law Enforcement would handle. You know, I didn't agree with it, but, you know, being transparent, you know, I still run a, a department and I still have my people that, you know, do the same job. They'll, you know, they work parallel. But uh, the, the cases actually get turned over to the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. Well, now their oversight, they're actually trying to pass another bill that they will have an oversight on any complaint of any policeman or deputy that this committee or this, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be Florida Department of Law Enforcement, would handle that, taking the power away from, you know, any administration. So, um, you know, transparency to me is, is number one. If the people need that to make themselves feel safer, um, I can tell you that I'm, I'm not going to play around. You know, there's a bad cop out there. You know, they'll be removed um, for whatever reason. But that in the, in, the, in the other side of the coin is if we have an officer that it does not have the experience that we're going to hold on and remedial train them to make them better officers is, is – is what I'm looking at. But, um, you know, transparency, you, we need to go out there. I need to be out there when a policeman does good and I need to be out there when a policeman does bad. There's no um, place for me to just be out there saying good things about policemen and when there's some, they do something bad for me not to show my face. You know, I represent them. You know, we all work together. I'm the uh, head, head honcho uh, per se. And I, I believe that if we keep the public with the, you know, keeping them, you know, keeping my job transparent and let them, let them know that, you know, if something happens uh, good, I'll be there. If something happens bad, that we can depend on what he says. I love that. And the people need not worry because you already told me that I am your accountability partner. <laughs> So I will yes, hold Roman accountable. <laughs> yes, and and you have to have that, you know. You know, it's yeah. funny. Have you seen the auditors, the 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 new uh, uh, interviewers, the uh, what is it, First Amendment auditors that go out there and audit, you know, not only police but any postal work, worker. Yes. You know, hey, listen, more power to them. You know, yeah. that's how you know you you got to be on your toes. You know. Sure. When it comes to safety, public safety, I mean, gosh, you got to stay on people, right, to do their jobs correctly. And not only for the public safety, for their own safety and, and their partner's safety. 
Correct, but I hold, you know, what a lot of people don't do is you got to hold the supervisors accountable. You know, your supervisor, you know, the, the, dep the deputy works at the front line. But if you don't have a supervisor that's not micromanaging them, but noticing different traits that something's happening and bringing it to their attention or my attention and up the chain, that's what, where we break the system. So if I'm going to hold not only the deputies, but the supervisors accountable. That means if a sergeant's not doing, you know, does something wrong, I'm going to look at the lieutenant, captain, major, chief, so on and so forth um, before, you know, I put my final decision on that deputy that did, you know, something minor, you know, violation of uh, policy or, or didn't know better. So I'm going to hold, uh, you got to hold the, the executive uh, branch and also the minute management and the lower management accountable for, for their job. Sure. You know, I really like the Sheriff Grady Judd <laughs> approach. I love, I just love his press conferences and he just starts throwing out pictures of people and telling you what they did and kind of like a public shaming. I, not that I'm always up for public shaming. I think some people do deserve, politicians definitely need to be publicly shamed. Um, but, you know, if it's minor crimes or but when you got repeat offenders and they've been let go a hundred times because of the system, these people need to be put on blast. Is that something you would consider? Of, of course, you know, that, and like I said, you know, whether somebody did, you know, I, I'm the face of the sheriff's office and I'm the face of the law enforcement in Miami-Dade County. You know, I want, like Daniel said, I want everybody to know, you know, that I'm going to speak the truth, transparency, and I'll be out there. I don't see why it's wrong. Why would it be wrong to put out a case of some bad uh, criminals to the public's one they'll they'll know that I'm on top of things and two if you do the the crime you're going to do the time and I'm going to blast you all over the news media you know I'll use the public to help me out you know when somebody ran from us or we're looking for somebody I'm sure I'm going to do uh, announcements of of going out there and saying hey a public message hey listen we have so and so running from us we need the information get the community involved and again when they do something wrong. I'm going to be the face. Hey, listen, unfortunately, so-and-so, you know, worked for us X amount of years. You know, uh, he's going through some hard times. He ended up uh, doing whatever, and we don't condone it. Uh, you know, we're not uh, – I'm holding him accountable or her accountable, and we're going to move forward, you know. But how do you get the judicial system and, like, the DAs to, to do their jobs? I mean, that's – that's what we're up against, right? I mean, you if the police do their jobs to the best of their ability and they get, they're getting the bad guys off the street and then they send them into the judicial system where it just seems like it's, you know, a couple dollars are paid here or there, a bad lawyer comes in, they, they go through the loopholes and it's the same system repeating itself over and over again. How do we, how do you as a sheriff correct that problem? Because you really don't have much power over that. I mean, I guess you could put them on blast and say, hey, uh, citizens here, Miami citizens, guess what? This judge is not doing his job. Uh, this DA is not doing his or her job. I mean, is that something you would consider? I don't know how you correct that problem. That's my my biggest, you know, fear with you know, where, I, where I, we're I at. Have, I have to. I, if if there, the civil liberties of our citizens are being violated, I'm the one that is and should be the one bringing it up, whether it's the chief judge or a state attorney, we have to get together and know that 
we can work together. And if they're not, you know, you know, I have a voice too. And, you know, I don't have to stay quiet. And if it's uh, against, you know, not only the constitution, but the civil liberties of our citizens, you know, I, that's what you voted me for, for, for me to be your voice. And I, I definitely would take action um, and move forward. Boy, I bet the citizens would just like have a parade for you. <laughs> you would be lifted up. They'd, a yearly parade for a room you know, like, because <laughs> I think most citizens, they don't want the criminals on the street. You know, even if they hate cops, if they're cop haters, you know, and they're not backing the blue, they still don't want crime in their in their subdivision or at their home. No, not, not, no not at all. Not, I don't know if the Detroit, uh, Daniela, you, you might know uh, being in Florida is, you know, we have a, a epidemic with these uh, ATVs and these motorcycles yes. that, that do street takeovers, you yep. know, uh, everybody's tired of it everybody's tired of it and you know the local law enforcement you know you know you have the chiefs association that you know get together and they kind of make a blanket policy on how all the chiefs should run you know that operation you know it's common sense Gino, like you've said before is that listen all every every citizen i've spoken to is sick and tired of these people so you know i'm definitely gonna put my first my my foot forward and we're going to tackle that uh, because we're tired of it. We're tired of it here in Miami-Dade County, and I'm sure the the nation is goes through that same thing. When I was first down in Miami, I think it was the first night I was there. I was in Christy's car, and she's like, "Take a video," because we. I'm like, "What is going on?" There were ATV, or is that what it is? ATV, right? And motorcycle yeah. gangs like driving by, like weaving into the traffic. I'm like, "What?" is going on where am i she ended up christy while we were driving called 911 <laughs> and she she's like well, i need somebody out here they're driving by us and they're they're trying to cause an accident and so she actually i have her on video calling 911 as they were driving by going over the bridge i don't know what you the breaking back yeah so they were the going back or the brickle yeah, bridge so well i don't remember <laughs> It was but, a bridge. You know, but, you know, it, it's not just a, a regular traffic law that they're breaking. They're actually committing felonies for, yeah. you know, violent felonies uh, upon our street and our citizens. And we have to take a, the, 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 the police department has to take accountability and do something on a regular basis, not just do it on special occasions that they know they're coming out and uh, do a better job. And, and that's what we're going to do. Awesome. Oh, Gino, you're muted. First time. He does it at least show. once. A time. At least once during the show. show. <laughs> I have a button on my microphone, and I always forget which one I push. But anyway, <laughs> I in Miami, a place such as Miami, there's the powers that be. It's you know, there's there's the establishment. There's always the establishment in these bigger cities. That's the machine you're going to be going up against. How do you break that machine? Just being true to myself. You know, it, you know, they, they've been the way they have been for decades. And, you know, now, you know, between uh, the Lord giving me the faith of moving forward in my career and being here, uh, doing what we're doing, running for the Miami-Dade County Sheriff, uh, you know, I'm, uh, like I said, transformational visionary leader, you know, that uh, will hold uh, the people accountable and uh, have my administration 
be transparent is 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 the way I'm gonna win. You know, I'm you know, even though I grew up here in this county and you know my my parents are buried here, my grandparents are buried here, I graduated school here. Um, I don't come with the mindset of what's already been in place. You know, I, like I said, I've done 26 years in the sheriff's office and I know what the sheriff's uh, office uh, mission and vision is to move forward. And I think it's gonna be a great thing for Miami-Dade County that uh, we move away from the stigma that we've been having in the past. So if everybody can see that and be on board, uh, Miami-Dade County is not only gonna be the best place to be, but also gonna be the safest. Chris in the chat, a good friend of ours, He's been on the show a couple of times. Uh, the one I was telling you about got banned from Massachusetts. He keeps making making it clear that the sheriff has the ultimate power. Yes, Chris, uh, the sheriff <laughs> does have the ultimate power. And because let's face it, most sheriffs in this country right now, they know they have the power. They're just using it politically rather than to uphold the law. Uh, and, and that's what's scary, I think, to most U.S. citizens is that if your police are corrupt right from the top, we have no law and justice. We have no law and order. We It's a scary place to be alive. I mean, I know, uh, gosh, when you just, all you have to do is look at Portland, <laughs> what happened in Portland. I mean, okay. I think that is just, I don't know. To me, it's unimaginable that actually happened in America, that the police did, the police had no power at all. The sheriff and the, and the mayor and the uh, governor tell them to stand down, do nothing. They're burning down the city. They're burning down businesses. And it's just like, how is lawlessness allowed to go on like that? And then they're calling it a peaceful, you know, protest or something. Like, it's craziness. And that, it, it, that should never go on. I, I don't, I, you know, I only hold their inexperience and their political um, favoritisms that held them back. But that was a disaster even for here in Miami-Dade County, you know, Politicians shouldn't be involved in law enforcement, especially if you have a chief executive administrator as a sheriff running that county. So um, it, it was devastation, devastating on on what took place, you know, when the pen, uh, pandemic occurred. Well, Ruman, we're pulling for you, that's for sure, and we'll do all we can to help. Hopefully, Christy can help you out down there too. Get the word out. Um, I know money is always a factor. You had spoken about that earlier. Is there a place that people can go vote or not vote, uh, donate for you? <laughs> We'd love them to vote right here. Unfortunately, they can't. But... <laughs> Let's make it happen. Yeah. We yeah. probably can have somebody uh, voted in. Uh, the yeah. We the people. We stick to the Constitution. Um, <laughs> like I said before, if, and if anybody, any viewers can help out, if they go to www.delaruaforsheriff2024.com, there's a uh, my website. Uh, look at me, look at uh, what I stand for, and they press the donation button. As simple as $10 can go a long way, and I really, really appreciate it. Uh, may God bless uh, everyone, and uh, we, hopefully we can work together in the future, especially saving our children from yes. Uh, yes. being taken away. Amen. Amen to that. You can also uh, follow the campaign on Facebook. That's Facebook uh, profile uh, Gosh, I actually, you know what I have, I'm going to read, I don't think I have the right ones in the description guys. So I'll have to go back and put these new links in the description. So you'll be able to click on them there, both on rumble and also on the foxhole. Uh, also you can follow them on Twitter. 
Uh, it's at Delarua underscore Rumen. And uh, guys, if you can, this is the power of social media. Rumen is pretty big. So we have some people here. If, if you guys can just retweet or go on Facebook and share or something like that and get, get Rumen's name out, that would help tremendously, I'm sure, to his campaign. Um, so how many months do you have, Rumen, before all of, is said and done and you're the new sheriff in town? Uh, approximately eight months uh, for the okay. primary. Uh, we got to go head to head with the parties, and then we're going to go to the general in November. So eight months. Uh, that's you know it's already started. You know once I, I heal from my recovery, I'm doing a lot better now. Um, hopefully you get to see me more. Yeah, sorry yeah, to hear that. And, and I just want to say how inspirational you really have been for me. Um, and many other people, uh, Christy introduced me to you based on that, on your accident. And then I've been seeing your progress and I saw different videos and that whole uh, triumph over tragedy situation, like you are the master at it. So I'm really rooting for you. And I just know that you're going to be doing great things no matter what. So keep going. <laughs> Thank you so much. And that's something that you know, I tell you, you know, if you see me at 40% now, can you imagine me at 100%? <laughs> I want to see that. I love it. For sure. Yes. All right. I appreciate it. Yeah. Roman, you can go ahead and end the meeting. Uh, me and Daniel Thank are going to stick so around much. for a couple seconds. Thank you so much for coming out. We All right. Many you. blessings. Happy have, have holidays, but hopefully we get to talk yep. soon. Yes. Yes, we will. Take okay. care. Great guy. I love that guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. So cool. Very cool. That's what we want to hear. We want more of that yes. all over the country. Guys that are just sick of it. He's been a cop forever. Um, he's done uh, several different duties as a police officer. Now it's time to step yes. up to the sheriff role. And I have a feeling he's a man of his word. He's going to stick to what he said. And I love Well, that. especially when I'm his accountability partner, I just claimed myself as that. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You Well, Christy will hold him accountable, too. That's yes, for, sure. for sure. I know the audience might not know who Christy is, but Christy's a good friend of ours. She just ran for commissioner down there in Miami. And uh, but, <laughs> man, Christy, <laughs> she'll stay on them hardcore. But, yes. you know, he's up against what he said, 14. There's 14 in the run. Um, yeah. Sure. That's a, that's going to be a tough race. And the establishment is always tough to go against. There's always people that are have been there forever. The politicians get behind them. That's where the money goes. All the ads on TV. So, mm -hmm. you know, he's he's up against it for sure. But if if two point seven million people. Well, he said not actually in the city. That's in the uh, was that in the city or did he say that was in the uh, county? In the county. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be county, 270, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if those people show up and vote and just hear him, hear him out and say, yeah, that's someone I can get behind. I mean, he's yeah. common sense. Like, what? There has to be some common sense left down in South Florida. When do you think? <laughs> I hope so. Hopefully. Oh, my gosh. Or we're, in, we're in a lot of trouble. If there's no more <laughs> common sense, we're done. Honestly, I've, I've said this a million times. I think common sense left the building in 2000, honestly. Like, I haven't seen common sense in 23 years. Yeah. Uh, it's just I mean, really sad. I don't know if I've seen it my whole life. 
<laughs> yeah, in your life, you probably haven't. My gosh. There used to be common sense. I mean, growing up, I remember there was lots of people that had common sense. There was even yeah. politicians that had common sense. Not so much anymore, unfortunately. Chris Chris has been on a roll in the chat. He said, arrest the governors. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we love Chris. Yes, we, <laughs> we do. should. It, I, the sheriff has a lot of power. I mean, he no. is the the number one. Like you said, he's the he's the executor of of yep. the law. And, he's and, the only one in the whole county, I guess, that can arrest the president if the president were to do something in his county. So cool, isn't it? Yeah, I love. You gotta love the constitution. You gotta love the way our our forefathers thought. They understood that men are inherently evil. And we'll do anything to gain power and money and uh, sex. <laughs> Those are the three things that I think run the world. Turns out they might be right. I think they were. I think they knew something. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Man, smart guys. They would be, if they were alive right now, they would be throwing up daily. Like they would be sick to their stomach. They're, they would yeah. be like, we did, we stood up in, against tyranny and this is where we're at right now in 2023. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Yep, it's craziness, but I'm just so glad we had him on, and I really want to be able to help him get the word out, because seriously, this is what I envision. If we can make change in one of the most corrupt cities in the nation, we can make that ripple everywhere. So if we can make it happen in Miami, then we got good things coming. So that's what oh I see. Gosh. Can you imagine Christy and him? As a one-two punch, oh man! Yes, you I want can. stuff to get done? <laughs> oh man, that would be the model. Miami would be the model city in the U.S. Yeah, Guaranteed. that's well, that's exactly what he said. He wants to try to, you know, make happen. He wants to make Miami that city that other sheriff departments can look to to be the model. Mm -hmm. And I really see that being able to happen. Um, and then if Rescue the Fosters can be involved, think about oh, man what we can do. You could change defects down there and the whole system. Exactly. Yeah, it would be amazing. It would be absolutely amazing. And it, it's, yep. you know, it just takes we the people. That's it. We can do this. I wish I, I was in it. Florida. I'd, I would definitely be voting for that guy. No doubt in my mind. <laughs> Man. Yep. All right. Well, good show, Danielle. You did a great job as always. And um, Sylvia, we hope you're feeling better if you're awake. She's probably not. She's probably laying right next down next to Leo. He's probably drooling on the, the pillow next to her. That's her yes. dog. Um, so just in case people don't know. It's, just so, it's, her dog. It's, not, it's not like her husband drooling on the pillow next to her. It's her dog. That's funny. Yeah. I, I, th I have a feeling like if Sylvia was just eating chicken wings, she'd probably feel better. That's like her go-to. That's her thing. Yeah. Yes. All right, so we love funny. you guys. Thank you so much. What is today? My gosh, it's already Tuesday. Okay, so Today's Tuesday. Tuesday. So, yeah, so tomorrow's Wednesday because that follows Tuesday usually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Insight Live, we are back tomorrow. I, gosh, oh my gosh, I forgot to text somebody that was supposed to come on tomorrow. I got to text her uh -oh. right after this. Uh, I think Dr. Rashan Golden is making her return with her husband, Doug, to talk holistic medicine, naturopath stuff. Um, I love having nice. them on. They're great. Her daughter died when her daughter was 19 from a vaccine that she received going to college. Um, they have a there's a documentary documentary they were working on. It's still not out. I know they were having trouble getting it funded. They were up against it. A lot of the powers that be did not like what they were talking about. In fact, 
I had a video, like a one minute clip of the documentary on TikTok. It was up for three days. It was going crazy on TikTok. And all of a sudden, I'll be darned, they shut it down. They blocked it. Um, mm. they didn't like what they didn't like what was being talked about. So anyway, yep. uh, yes, Friday's your big day, Chris, man. Praying for you, bro. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's hope that thing gets taken care of. Um, there was something else I was gonna say. So, oh yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, we're back with, uh, Marissa, Marissa from me to family movement. So that'll be a good one. She's on, um, the I, trauma I triage that. team with us. What? Me, me too. Family. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love too. How- Think about just... how many how many people have been affected by a family court. Like mm-hmm. so many. So me too. Yeah. Thousands um, and thousands. Yep. Yep. So that'll be good. And then uh Saturday back with Megan for our show Reexamined. That's at eleven PM. And then the Blender returns Sunday night. Um, awesome. at its regular scheduled time of 9 p.m. Anyway, have a blessed night, guys. Uh, be sure to go watch Better Lately. I think it's the last show before they go on honeymoon. Neo and, and Ron head into Mexico. <laughs> so I'll see you guys over there tonight. Everybody take care. Have a blessed night. Danielle, have a good night. Good night.